Welcome into the Wiregrass High School Football Report brought to you by the radio people. This is your weekly look at all things high school football in the Wiregrass. I am your host, Philip Jordan, in studio host and producer for Dutch Woods Football on I6.9, The Legend. Thank you for checking out this week's podcast. Got an interesting show for you guys this week. Will be a little bit different than normal. No coach interview this week, but got some interviews for you just a little bit different than what you're used to. So what I'll be playing for you on today's podcast, I'll be playing a halftime interview, Jerry Coleman, play-by-play for Dothan Woods Football 96.9, the legend. He was joined by Dothan City Schools Superintendent Dennis Coe at halftime of the Dothan Carroll game on Friday night. So I am going to replay that entire interview for you in case you, those of you that were not listening to Dothan Woods Football 96.9, the legend, and also... Like I did a few weeks ago, I pulled one out of the archives. I will be playing part of an old interview I had about two or three years ago with a Kevin Jackson, who played at Northview, played at Alabama, coached at Dothan High when they were the Tigers. Uh, so I'm going to play that for you as well. So two interesting conversations, just a little bit different with the podcast than you're used to. Of course, we'll be looking at this week's schedule of games, some interesting matchups, and of course, we're going to go around the Wiregrass in just a few moments and get you all up to date on all the scores from this past week with high school football here in the Wiregrass. But before we do that, let you guys know you can find me and the podcast. You can find me on social media at PJordanSCC. Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, so please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. You can also listen to the show on 955.tvy.com, 969thelegend.com, and 1067kmx.com. And you can always email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com. You know what time it is. It's time to go around the wire grass. All right, first up, we're going to stop in 7A Region 2. Prattfield defeated Enterprise 17-16. to This was a close game throughout. And Enterprise played really good defense in this game as well. Enterprise falls to five and two on the year. They're one and two in region play. Enterprise missed a twenty-yard field goal late in the fourth quarter. They had got a safety in the game to go down there and missed a field goal, and uh, we're not able to get the ball back. So Prattville is victorious in that game, seventeen to sixteen. And six A Region Two, you fall defeated Valley thirty-three to zero to improve to three and four on the year and two and two. They are now fourth in six A Region Two. Jamarian Lewis for them rushed for 212 yards, three touchdowns. He also threw for 152 and one touchdown. In 5A Region 2, Greenville defeated Rehoboth 33-14. Andalusia defeated Headland 41-2. Pike Road defeated Charles Henderson 60-6. In 4A Region 2, Alabama Christian defeated Ashford 56-16. Dale County defeated Bullock County 33-12 to go to 4-3 on the year. Uh, Malik Scott had 148 yards and one touchdown in that one. Geneva defeated Strawn 34-21. Timothy McReynolds, another outstanding performance with 280 total yards and four touchdowns. In 3A Region 2, this was on Thursday night. Wicksburg defeated Delville 66-22. 66 was a school record for Wicksburg. They improved to 6-1 on the season, 3-0 in region play. Jalen Murray and Charles Snyder for Wicksburg had a combined 445 yards rushing with eight touchdowns. Op clinched a playoff spot with their 41-17 win over Providence in the game, and Gray Jennings, quarterback, threw for 275 yards and four touchdowns. Op on the season, they do improve to 6-1 and 4-0 in region play. 
Continuing in 3A Region 2, Slocum defeated New Brockton 35-7. Slocum tied an Alabama High School Athletic Association record with eight interceptions. Brody Campbell and Jalen Nobles both had two uh, interceptions apiece, but they both returned one of those for touchdowns. Also getting interceptions on the night was Braylon Miller, Miller, excuse me, uh, Cade Burge, Asil Marin, and Colin Thomas uh, also got any action on the interceptions. And that improves Slocum to 3-3 three and three on a year 2 in region play. New Brockton falls to 4-3, and 1-3 three, and three in region. In 2A Region 2, Cottonwood defeated Houston County 36-22 to 22 to go to 4-3, 2-2 and three, two and two in region play. And Houston County is 4-3 and three also, but they go to 1-3 in region. Artavius Shipman had 170 yards and two touchdowns. Number 4, Ayrton defeated Abbeville 49-6. Quarterback Ian Sin was 14-19, 198 yards and two touchdowns. Ayrton improves to 7-0 on the year, and then Abbeville drops to 1-4. On Thursday night, GW Long defeated Zion Chapel 49-0 to go to 4-1 on the season. Elba defeated Geneva County 47-7. Geneva County was shorthanded a little bit with uh, five starters out in this game, including Emmanuel Henderson out with a shoulder injury. Uh, they did lose also running back Kenley Prayer in the first quarter due to neck injury, but according to the Dothan Eagle, which is all the stats, all these results are coming from, uh, the reports were negative on the neck injury. Elba really played well here. 28 points off four turnovers. Alvin Henderson had three touchdowns in the game, 481 yards of total offense for Elba. So really, really good performance there by Elba as they improve on the year uh, in 2A Region 2. Really tough region. There's, it seems like every year in that region there's a good team there that's not going to the playoffs. There's usually five good teams there, and unfortunately only four good teams. Only four teams made the playoffs from each region. And then in 1A Region 1, Kenson defeated Florala 35-20. to And uh, Kenson goes to 5-2 and on the year. Florala drops to 2-4. and Jeb Crosby had 167 yards and four touchdowns for Kenson in the game. Kenson was down 20-7 to in the first half. We talked about this on the scoreboard show on I-69. The Legendary Nuddeth was broadcast on Friday night. But Kinston was able to come back and win the game. Brantley defeated Sampson 46-18 to to improve the 5-0 on the year. Sampson drops to 5-2 on the season. All right, a couple non-region matchups. Liberty County of Florida defeated Northside Methodist 40-21. to This game was tied at 21, but Liberty County was able to pull away in the second half. And on 969 Legend, you would have heard the Dothan Wolves defeating Carroll 29-15 to at homecoming. So Dothan gets a win. They go to 2-4 in a year. Carroll drops to 3-3. Three and three. This game was won a big part by the Dothan special teams, a punt return touchdown by Braxton Hornsby, and a kickoff return touchdown by Kavion uh, Dury in that one. That led the way to victory for the Wolves in this one, and it was a really good performance by the, both teams. It was a really good game. You know, Dothan was able to pull away there at the very end. Hornsby put them up 7-0 with a punt return touchdown with 128 in the first quarter. Carroll would answer back with Keyshawn Cole when he ran in for 20 yards to tie the game at 7-7. Dothan answered back with a Javier Jackson touchdown pass to Raymond Blackman for 25 yards, and that was the 14-7 lead that the Dothan Wolves there had at halftime. Now, it was 14-7 going into the fourth quarter. Neither team scored in the third. Uh, Dothan recorded a safety after being stopped short on the goal line early in the fourth quarter. They go at 16-7 there. Then Octavius Thomas scored on the next drive on a one-yard touchdown to go at 23-7. Uh, Carroll would answer back get back in the game uh, as 
to Cotton McLeod, caught a 46-yard touchdown to go 23-15. Doth had the lead there. And then on the next kickoff, Dury put it away with a 86-yard kickoff return touchdown to put the Doth and Wolves up 29-15. to And as we did last week, we're going to do this again this week. Uh, let's get the thoughts of Jerry Coleman and Ken Lambert on his victory from Doth and Wolves and give you a replay of the Doth and Wolves postgame show. It's Dothan High School Wolves football on your home for great country legends. 96.9 The Legend. Time now for the Dothan Wolves postgame show. Back to the stadium for the postgame wrap-up with Jerry Coleman and Ken Lambert on 96.9 The Legend. Welcome back to Refuse Stadium. Homecoming 2021 where tonight your Dothan High Wolves were victorious over the Eagles of Carroll, 29-15, to 15, and uh, saw a lot of improvement tonight, Ken, I think, offensively and defensively. Uh, kind of got sloppy a little bit there toward the end with some penalties, and of course we had some those penalties in the first half were mainly around procedures, but not nothing really personal penalties that we, we can't work on and get ready for next week, but uh, I, I think we saw a, a total different team, but I saw a total team tonight, offensive, defense, and special teams tonight. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, hey, first credit to this Carroll team. You yeah. can see where they're ex- really explosive on offense. And remember, we kind of went uh, slow scoring there in the first half. We had a punt return that, that uh, you know, put us up. And then offense took a, a little while to get going, but we got there. We were able to put the ball on the ground and rush a little bit. I show Octavius Thomas 14 carries, 73 yards. Peterson chipped in with 48 yards. And Flew Allen with seven carries for 47 yards. And then uh, Javier had one big breakaway run. He ends up with 24 yards rushing. We were able to throw the ball. Had one interception there as we were trying to get in and score. But I agree with you. We talked about Ben, but don't break on the defensive side. And, uh, you know, we gave up some yardage there. On the offensive side, it it was some penalties. It really stalled some drives for us and and put us behind the sticks. And, uh, you know, that's something that we'll have to improve on. But, look, you got a lot of guys in there contributing. We had a a, a couple of guys, I guess, banged up uh, in the course of play. And so we brought some backups in and did a good job. But, look, look. This was a shot in the arm that the that the Wolves needed to get back in the win column, help them feel good. I mean, you know they continue to work hard, and you need needed something to celebrate. You got a homecoming tonight, so they can all. Uh, I don't know if they still do the dance on Friday night, Jay. I'm out of touch. When they do that, if they do it tonight. It's going to be past my bedtime. That's right. It's going to be late, but look, they get to celebrate tonight. Good job, and uh, you know they work hard during the week, and uh, now they have a chance. And and uh, hey, we had some great entertainment at halftime. We did Tuskegee coming in, and that was uh, that was good as well. So, you know, happy night all around. I think for uh, for Dothan High. Well, Ken, like any other week, we got to get tonight over with. Next week, we go back into region play as Jeff Davis comes to the rip to, uh, to to open us up for another region play. And I think we've got three region games back in a row. Uh, next week, Jeff Davis and I think the Phoenix uh, Center. Phoenix City comes in tonight, who I think gave uh, Auburn all they wanted, but then Smith Station, Jeff Davis played tonight. So anxious to see how those scores ended up uh, when Philip Jordan does the uh, – uh, post-game scoreboard, so we've got those three games left in region play, and then final game with uh, McGill Tulum back at home. Right, so th- this is the first of the three-game homestand, so two more two more games here at home before we go back on the road. If you've not come out to watch these Wolves play, you know, try to make 
these one of these next two Friday nights, both of them, and uh, listen in and uh, come enjoy this atmosphere. Well, we're going to close it up right now for a good night from Rip Hughes Stadium. Join us next week as the Wolves take on Jeff Davis. Another regional matchup here at Rip Hughes Stadium. Good night, everybody. Now, that's not all you're going to hear from Jerry Coleman. So now I'm going to replay at halftime when the Dothan Wolves were up 14-7. to Jerry had the opportunity to chat with Dothan City Schools Superintendent Dennis Coe. A lot of interesting stuff about what's going on in sports with Dothan City Schools and uh, Jerry Coleman uh, talked to uh, Dennis Coe about that and I'm going to replay that conversation for you right now. It's Dothan High School Wolves football on your home for great country legends. 96.9 The Legend. And now it's the Dothan Wolves halftime show brought to you by Tri-State Truck Accessories. Here are your hosts Jerry Coleman and Ken Lambert with a review of the first half on 96.9 The Legend. Welcome back to Ripley Stadium. Homecoming 2021, Dothan up 14-7 against the Eagles of Carroll. We're honored tonight to have the superintendent of Dothan City Schools, Dr. Dennis Cole, with us. As we mentioned earlier in the pregame, that he would be able to join us for this homecoming event. And Dr. Cole, good to have you with us. And just kind of, uh, I'm glad that we're winning here at halftime. And, and you know we've had a rough road of it, but uh, it's good to have you. And thank you for your time. And just a few questions about, you know, I think we're six weeks into school now. What's, what's going on at Dothan, and what's the numbers look like, and how things going at the city school system? Cheers. First of all, thank you for inviting me to speak, and then just uh, thank all the folks that are home listening. Uh, got a great crowd here today. Uh, trying to get things back to normal somewhat as, as best we can, considering the circumstances we're faced with. But, uh, you know, having the kids able to get together like this and and experience homecoming events and the festivities around it. Certainly glad to, to have a visiting college band yeah. here tonight. Uh, so hopefully that's going to generate some excitement and some enthusiasm to our band program. Our band's much improved this year. So, uh, you know, we're we're evolving uh, as, a, as a newly formed high school. Uh, there are things that we're growing and uh, trying to establish some new traditions. We've been kind of hampered in that because of COVID, but we look forward to days when we're not as restricted as we are now and are able to establish and, and build some new traditions and, and want to certainly try to do our best to involve all of those in those things. I think here, just the stadium we have here, the improvements that are being made, the commitment the city has put into having a first-class quality stadium uh, for, our, for our school and, and our community, I think this is a great environment. Of course, the light show and certainly we've got a jumbotron on the way and we've got some great things coming with our high school facilities, baseball, basketball, softball, all of those sports. Uh, we're making some dramatic improvements in that. And, you know, we, we want to do what we can to, to promote unity within our school and, and within our community and uh, hopefully put out a product that our, that our town and our community can be proud of. Well, Ken and, and Kim Lambert, who Ken, our uh, color analyst, and Dan and myself, our kids, four daughters, even though no guys, but four daughters are products of Dothan City Schools and chose to go on to college. And now both of them are out, all four of them are out and kind of a, uh, productive citizens, as we say, and proud parents of the program here at Dothan. And uh, of course, uh, speaking of sports, our, our girls were softball. So uh, we're, we're very proud of that tradition and, and things they do around uh, women's athletics and things like that. But like we mentioned earlier, we do have 
Tuskegee uh, University coming out. Uh, their band is, I think, through our band director, and correct me if I'm wrong, Steve Falk, kind of put this together uh, to bring them in and, and, and do that. But, you know, Ken and I were talking week by week how much uh, work is being done here at Rip Hughes. You know, we come in first game and, you know, home side, uh, parking lots completed. Now the visitors, and now we see framework mm-hmm. here in the south end zone from either a a, a jumbotron or and or a scoreboard. But uh, definitely see some uh, uh, progress being made for seven A school facility. Absolutely. Which you got to start somewhere. Absolutely, we will have a new uh, jumbotron on the south end zone. The north end zone will get a new scoreboard that communicates with the jumbotron. Uh, and it's a good opportunity for our kids. We'll take the Jumbotron and our uh, visual arts or our TV production class mm-hmm. at the uh, Dothan Tech Center. We'll actually be in charge of wow. uh, creating the halftime productions and all of the productions that we have. And we plan to use that as a great communication tool to demonstrate to the people of Dothan the good things that we're doing outside of athletics. So. We look forward to our, our TV production crew uh, and students yep. turning that over to the students and let them, that's a great experience for them, and make it real for them. They'll get to see a great product. So our fans, when that gets done and we get that fine-tuned, our, our fans will be able to see the, the finished product of what our kids can do. Well, we've talked every home game about the, the lights and the LEDs, and, and uh, I'm, I'm known as Coach Noble. I'm a, but Jessica Noble, our athletic director, uh, kind of turned that over, I think, to students too, and they're trying to put some music to it to where it kind of, kind of feel like a, an Auburn or an Alabama or, or one of the universities here in our state to kind of com- compare and just kind of learn from that. But that's, I think, that's a student project that's kind of been taken over by students yep. to participate. And, and you mentioned Auburn. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, of course, I'm an Alabama fan. I am too. I'm yep. not gonna, you know, I'm not going to besmirch our Auburn sure. fans that are out there listening. But I will say this: just an example of how our city is working with us and partnering with us. You mentioned Auburn. Auburn is known for Tumors Corner. Mm-hmm. We're actually going to be working with the city and the SGA students here, our athletic department here, along with the city of Dothan. We will actually have a portion of this facility here where we're going to have a tree donated by wow. the senior class, uh, and it will be designated as our official tree rolling area. So uh, we, we're going to do some things here until that tree grows. Yep. And, but we're going to have that this year. The class of 22 will be having a tree planting ceremony here on this site. And so we look again, look for, uh, look forward to creating new traditions that, that the new Dothan I students can certainly be proud of. Well, you know, with you mentioned, you know, partnering with the city, you can tell by the work that's already been done here at the stadium that this will be that that home always for for the Dothan Wolves and Dothan Prep and other schools in the city. Of course, it may use it on certain times, but I mean that commitment is going to be huge for a 7A program. And I know um, going from 6A to 7A, you see a big jump in facilities and things like that. So definitely hats off to, to you and your administration in the city and uh, the government body there of saying, hey, we we can get our game up, and, and that's, that's a start. We're just, we're just getting started, you know, and I want to thank our board for being supportive of the work that we're doing. We mentioned about the LED lights here. It's very popular uh, for the, the stadium here. Uh, I'll say this. We're going to have the same lighting situation at our baseball and softball fields wow. for this coming season. They're in the process as we speak now of changing out those lights. So the same light shows that we have here we'll also have on those fields at the time. 
change the subject a little bit about student enrollment. What's the, I mean, I know the number may not have come out yet, but what's, what's the numbers looks like from, from K to 12th grade? And we, city uh, you know, we had several years there where we lost, uh, you know, several students, several hundred students, quite frankly. We have done a lot of work we're trying to do best we can to make changes that will attract people in coming back uh, as of uh, last friday we were down like right at 50 students as compared to last year k so through 12 k through 12 wow. so we were down just a small fraction i did contribute a lot of that to COVID, but you know creating a freshman academy i think has been a positive yeah. move reducing the number of kids we have at dpa has been a positive move expanding uh, advanced curriculum there uh, it is you know we're making some positive moves creating the virtual school we have over 400 students I want to ask you about that virtuals. Ken and I talked pre-game with some of the uh, virtual instructors that were downstairs and we really wasn't able to say pre-game but tonight we had a Dothan High School Queen, and we also had a Dothan Virtual Queen for homecoming, which which kind of keeps making them part of the program still, even though they may be learning from home. So we're you know we're in the process of doing a strategic plan for our district. We've had several community meetings. We'll have one more community meeting coming up later on this month, uh, and and we're really trying to do a better job of listening to the people of Dothan and have them tell us what do you expect out of your school system. What what do you want this school system to look like? And then it's my job as a superintendent and our board to take what we hear from our community and implement that into a plan as to how do we how do we execute what the people of Dothan say they want out of their public schools. And that's the way we're approaching it here. We may not see immediate results with it, but we're committed to getting this thing right and having it be at a level where the people of Dothan are proud of it. Well, speaking about the board, I know I think Monday at 530, is is the uh, uh, swearing in of the new school board, and that's going to be at your office on Honeysuckle. That's correct. Otherwise, we know as the Honeysuckle Middle School. Right. So that'll be at five thirty for some. I know invitations have gone out, and uh, your your elected instead of appointed elected school board would love to see your support there. If you can make it five thirty at Honeysuckle uh, or Dothan City School Board of Education, new now. Central office. Central office is part of that. We do have our early education yeah. centers there. Our four-year-olds are housed there. And they're just taking the field here. The uh, Crimson Poppers taking the field. And uh, when Mr. Falk took over and, and we gave him these duties to kind of oversee, this was one of our goals here was to, to bring in a college band and, and to expose our students to this. And we're certainly glad to, glad to have the Tuskegee band here with us tonight. Look forward to seeing them perform. Yeah. Well, Dr. Cone, as always, we, we welcome you anytime you want to come up and, and speak to us at halftime and appreciate on the, especially homecoming, you coming in tonight and, and uh, sharing a little bit with us what's going on in the Dothan City School program. I appreciate that, and I'll be in trouble if I don't close up with a shout-out to my two grandchildren, Connor and Nolan. Well, good, good, Connor and Nolan. You heard from your granddaddy, so. Everybody, as I told you to as well, and that was an awesome conversation with Jerry Coleman and Dennis Coe. Hope you really enjoyed that if you did not get to listen to it on Friday night during the broadcast. Now, next up, I am going to play an archived interview of mine uh, from a previous podcast I have done, and that is with Kevin Jackson, who played at Northview, played Alabama, one great defensive backs at Alabama, and then also coached here in the Wiregrass as well in high school football. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Coach Jackson, and then when we get done, I will give you this week's schedule of games.
All right, everybody, my guest today on today's show is Kevin Jackson, former All-American Safety for the University of Alabama back in 1995-1996. And, uh, Coach Jackson, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show and uh, talking to football this week. Man, I appreciate you having me, man. Uh, it's a blessing to be here. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, you know, I told you off here, I'm always intrigued in, in to talk to people who's played the game because I – Unfortunately, I could not play in high school due to do some health reasons. So, uh, but I always I love the game and I love talking to people who play. So, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time out and um, coming on here and uh, talk about your career. And I sure appreciate the offer and uh, thanks for uh, reaching out to me. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about you know your football career. You know your time playing the game of football and coaching the game. Uh, just for you, uh, how early of an age did your passion for football begin? Uh, I started playing six, at six years old at the boys club and uh, just got discovered by a couple of guys that um, that I that I was friends with, like uh, Cliff Mendham, uh, Ronnie Mendham, and uh, Mickey Daughtry. Uh, a lot of guys uh, that discovered me when I was really, really small, and I was flipping, and they asked me to come out and uh, try this game of football, and I did. And the, the time they uh, gave me a football in my hand, I played it ever since, and I loved it. Uh, did you start out as a defensive back, or what positions did you play when you first started out? Uh, I started out as a running back and a linebacker. I was a linebacker all my life. Um, played running back all the way up to the eighth grade and uh, and ninth grade, and started to played defense after that I was outside linebacker from ninth grade to all the way to um I went to junior college my first year so for for those years and um when I got to Alabama they moved me to uh, strong safety and that was a wake-up call because uh being a strong safety you like the quarterback of the defense so you got to know everything that's going on you know you got to know all the checks you got to know what they're trying to do to you, what they're trying, what uh, watching trick plays and 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 everything. You just got to be the quarterback of the defense. Yeah, you know, when you were at Alabama, you know, you led SEC in interceptions both years of '95 and '96. You know, what what makes it you know defensive back really good at you know picking a quarterback off? I mean, it's got it's got to be more than you know obviously than just you know being there with the ball, reading the quarterback. Is there, what are the key skills to doing that? Man, just being in the right place at the right time, doing the technique, reading, just doing your assignment, doing what you do in practice every day. You know, that's why you get better at in practice, and and you got to have a ball skills. You got to be able to, if that ball is in the air. I, we had a motto in our defense that, uh, especially in the secondary, if that ball is in the air, it's ours. You know, ain't nobody else gonna get it. If, if I don't, ha- if I can't catch it, nobody else gonna catch it. And we we made bets on who whoever gonna uh, who's gonna have the most interceptions and in a game who's gonna have the most interception on for the season and that was motivation for just our our group and uh, we 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 strive for that trying to get better and better every day we go to practice we go one on one we uh, we uh, push the receivers and it get it gets physical out there it gets fun it gets physical it get um to get motivated and everybody have a great time going one-on-ones and going going after each other 
you know, uh, for you know, unit altogether, you know, not just yourself. Oh, those two years at Alabama, was there a offense or a quarterback you really look forward to playing to? You saw on the schedule. I'm looking forward to going up against these guys. Well, it was all of them, man. Just being there, um, I I never took a team uh, granted. I never mm-hmm. took a quarterback grand granted. But and, uh, at the same time, you know, I was just blessed to be there. And just blessed to have, you know, we played against Peyton Manning, had played against Danny Warfel, uh, played against Heinz Ward as quarterback, played against Mike Bobo, uh, played against Brian Greasy, you know, and uh, those were great quarterbacks in, the, in, in, in college and in pro. And mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, just being being there, you know, saying that um, that you played against those guys and uh, intercept some of those guys and ran a touch, intercept and ran a touchdown back on some of those guys, and it's just a blessing just to have that 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 career to say, you know, that I, I did that and um, just to be out there for once, for one thing. Yeah, yeah, you bring a Heinz Ward. I just got to say this. You know, I think there's a lot of people out here that are football fans, younger football fans, do not realize he played quarterback at Georgia. So you just, you know, mentioned that, just made that pop in my head that, you know, he was quarterback as great a receiver. He was in the NFL. He was a quarterback at Georgia. So uh, that's always something I think people forget about about him. Oh, yeah. They always, and he was a great athlete. You know, he did everything. You know, uh, when we first started out playing Georgia, the first quarter, it was, um, it was Mike Bobo at the quarterback position, and um, uh, then at the second half, second quarter, um, they switched, and, and Hines was playing uh, receiver, and then they switched Hines to quarterback, and um, he, could, he could do it all. He was a uh, jack of all trades. Uh, what was uh, what was playing for Gene Stallings like? You know, you, you know, you, you know, hear radio interviews with him. You know that you know Gene Stallings. How was he like? You know, playing for him. He was a great, great guy, great motivator, great person. Uh, somebody you could call and talk to to this day. Somebody that uh, still remembers you when you walk in that room. Um, he was just a great guy to play for. Um, he tell you all the time, you know, I'm gonna treat you like a man. Just don't. Uh, you can do anything on this on this campus. You can do anything on this world. But when you don't, just don't, um, just don't. Um, Embarrassed the university, and uh, he 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 let us do whatever we wanted to do as long as we didn't embarrass the university, diversity, and um, just just somebody that man that like a father figures to to a bunch of guys, and uh, everybody loved him, and uh, he did the thing the right way, and uh, man, it was fun to play for him. You know, and of course, in this state, it's you know, it's all about the Iron Bowl. You know, you know, particularly you know, you know, with the fans, you know, especially just as a player. What what is that week like? You know, when you know you got Auburn coming up. You know, that game is there. You can that week, all the anticipation, the hype around it. What is it like? Man, it's no feeling. I mean, you can't you can't describe that feeling. I mean, I can sit here and tell you how I felt about it, but you you got to be there. I mean. It's just a feeling that, you know, as a little kid watching Auburn and Alabama play and wanting to run out of, in that in that tunnel and look up and see all those people cheering and and going crazy because you either on Auburn and Alabama team. It's just a great feeling, man. You get goose goosebumps just thinking about it, you know, and uh my first Alabama and Auburn game I was very nervous. And uh, I was very nervous and hyped. And excited because some of those guys over there I played against in high school, some of those guys over there that was friends of mine that I wanted to make 
you know, make bragging rights on and uh, some of those guys that I just didn't like, period, just because they was Auburn. And I wanted to uh, really show them that uh, we were going to win this game. And um, it was just an exciting and, and emotional game at the same time. And uh, I loved every bit of it. You know, uh, back in 2016, you were named uh, by Sports Illustrated to the, the, the All-Alabama team when they did that issue in a Sports Illustrated. So oh, how did that make you feel that, uh, you know, you were part of that? Uh, Words, man, it was kind of crazy. Uh, I had a lot of people call me and say, man, you were one of the top guys that ever played the game at Alabama. And, you know, and you look back over your years – and see all those guys that they voted you in front of and you look like and take a back step and take a deep breath and say, man, you know, that's amazing. You know, do I belong here for real? Is this, you know, really what's going on? Do they really think that I'm that good? And, uh, you know, because we all a lot of guys played my position that was really, really good in the, in the early in the early days and in the middle of the day, days and in and, and my days and, and still now. And uh, just, it's just a wonderful feeling that uh, I got the honor to um, be a name on that team. And uh, it was a blessing and I, I enjoy it. And I still got it. I, I made a plaque of it just to have, <laughs> just because, uh, you know, you know, you never be able to take that away from it. You never be able to, you know that's something big that I that I cherish. You know, going to the university and being one of the, those players on that team. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so, professionally, you, know, you played in the Arena Football League for the Buffalo Destroyers. I just wanted to ask you, uh, how, how was that transition from going to the outdoor game to the indoor game? Well, it was kind of crazy because um, I was went from Arizona Cardinals. And uh, leaving Arizona Cardinals to going to Buffalo to play in, with the arena team, it was different, and and um, had to learn a lot. Had to learn a lot about angles. Had to learn a lot about uh, fast pace, and had had to learn a lot about being able to uh, get beat and being able to. Uh, forget about it the next play and get beat again and forget about it the next play. And um, it was a fun experience and time of my life and uh, different, but it was fun. Met a lot of people, met a lot of coaches, um, had a great time. And, and um, it was, it was, it was, it was different and fun. And um, I enjoyed the game. Uh, it was different. Like you said, it was, it was, um, it was fast paced. And um, it was worth the while just just being there, just being having that experience to uh, play that game at that time of the year. A lot of guys were getting paid a lot of money at that time. Um, I had I was uh, on a teammate with Brownie Nagel, and he was our quarterback. And Brownie was making almost two hundred thousand dollars in six months, and um, you know a lot a lot of other players were making a lot of money. You know so. It was a great thing at that time, and I enjoyed it. 
Yeah, um, you, you know, and I know back then that's when it was, you know, known for Ironman football where, you know, pretty much a quarterback, certain receivers and defensive backs, you know, you played both ways. Did you do uh, play a little receiver too while you were in the league? I played a little bit. Uh, most of the time I was a defensive specialist. I was uh, the guy in the middle of the field that uh, was covering the motion guy. So you had to have uh, a senseless heart. So at the time you will get beat beat. And you got to be able to come back and try to intercept the ball and not get beat deep. Because every time they're coming at you, every single play, most of the time. So you got to have a quick, a quick thought that, hey, I, you can't worry about it. You know, I got beat this time. Hey, let's make up this time. I got beat the next time. Let's make up. So uh, it was a fast and quick game, and you just had to make plays. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, lastly on, you know, your, your arena football career, just how different was it to, you know, in the stadium game outdoor, you know, the fans really aren't near you in arena football. They're right there on top of you. Was that an adjustment for you, them being that close? No, not really. Not, not right. Just the field was an adjustment, just the shorter field. And, you know, like I said, just taking angle, angles at that time, and it was kind of – a little hard, but it was an adjustment to me. But I, I got it down pack, and uh, like I said, it was if you if you play the game of football, no matter what type of football it is, it comes natural to you once you once you get the rules down. And so, um, you know, after that, you know, you got done your your playing career. Uh, you got into coaching, coached the uh, Tallahassee Titans of the AIFA. Just uh, what made you want to get into coaching? Well, I went back to Alabama and uh, graduated in 2005. Uh, got my bachelor's degree in 2005. A friend of mine that I met playing football named Bobby Olive had got the head coaching job in, um, in Canton, Ohio with the Canton Legends. And he asked me, and he said, man, what are you doing? I said, I just graduated from high school. I mean, I just graduated from college and uh, just got my degree and I uh, don't have anything right now. Or whatever he said, man, I just got this job as a head coach for a for a real football team with the Canton Legend, and I said, I said, okay. He said, I want you to be my defense coordinator, my assistant head coach. I said, okay. So they flew me up there, and um, he hired me. And uh, the first year we won a championship, and uh, then uh, it was a job close to my house. I'm from Dothan, so it's a job close to my house in Tallahassee, Florida. So I went down there and um, interviewed for that job and got that job, and I was the head coach for them. And uh, we had a great year. We uh, lost two games and um, got put off in the playoff. But uh, at that time, we had some good – we had some Florida State players. We had some uh, FAMU players. And um, we had some uh, players from all over Florida. But um, we had a great year. Yeah, you know, just looking, you know – over you know your entire time in football as a player or coach, is there are there any memories for you that really stick out? You know when you look back at it now that you know, you know you just you know sit to yourself you think that that was just an awesome time. Oh, uh, all of it was man, all of it. Just winning the championship was awesome. You know, and it was an awesome time with those guys. You know, being in Canton and they've never had a. Um, a state championship team or anybody, uh, uh, well, a professional team win a a national championship, and we was the first one to do that in Ohio. 
And um, so that was really a, comp- a big accomplishment for us. And uh, just coming back, coaching my uh, coaching high school ball at Dothan High and beating be my alma mater, Northview, um, as a head coach. That was another great, great, um, great memory. And um, just being there for my kids and all, that was another great memory as being a coach and being able to be, be able to be at their, their games and watch them grow up and play football and basketball and be able to try to coach them and try to show them the right way to do it. And that was a great moment because of I was the coach there and they went to school there. So all of it was really good at that time. And uh, I was just blessed to be chosen to uh, play this game. You know, and I'll close on this question, you know, just, you know, your experience being a coach and just, you know, and you sure had coaches that were, you know, very important to you to influence you. How important can a coach be to a player, you know, beyond just the wins and losses, just what he can teach them uh, growing up and as they grow as people? I had a lot of um, big influence uh, in my lifetime. I and mean, if it wasn't for those guys, like I said, I had uh, growing up in the Little League session, I had um, Ronnie Mendel. If it wasn't for him, I probably would have never stepped foot on the football field. Um, coming up now in uh, middle school, I had um, uh, Philip Creel. Um, just one of those guys that was there at that time uh, I played baseball I had a couple of guys that you know I played baseball with coaches that um, stuck up that uh, was was great was a father figure to me too um, Coach McDon- uh, McDaniels uh, then I got to high school then it was um, Coach Parrish and a lot of those coaches on that staff and uh, my last year that I'm really, really close to this guy was Coach Will Whitcomb. He was from, he came, he coached my senior year in high school, and uh, he, just, he was just a blessing to be there, a guy that just didn't care about us as football players, but cared about us as men too. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, that's just, you know, you see, you know, I've always been a person, you know, that coaching, you know, that's, you know, that's important aspect of everything and i think that i think what's that's great about sports and you know why people more people should be involved because i do think it really it really i think sports can really make young people grow oh yeah it do it makes it make you gotta have uh you gotta have a lot of guys in your life as a player and it's just not just one guy it's, it, it's a couple of guys that get your attention and guys in the right way throughout your livelihood absolutely uh, absolutely and uh i do think i have probably kept you longer than i told you i would so uh i'll, I'll close it on that and like i told you before i really appreciate uh you taking the time to come here and talking to alabama crimson tide and uh, your career in football both as a player and coach so i really appreciate you uh taking the time and being on the show this week i so appreciate it thanks for having me all right, everybody, in the final segment of the podcast, 
It's time to look at the schedule for this week in the Wiregrass. Start off in 7A Region 2. 5 and 2 Enterprise will be at 1 and 5 Smith Station. 1 and 5 Jeff Davis will be at 2 and 4 Dothan. Of course, you can listen to that game on 96.9 The Legend with Jerry Coleman, Ken Lambert, and myself with pregame starting at 645 and kickoff is at 7. In 6A Region 2, 3 and 4 you follow will be at 3 and 3 Carver Montgomery. 5A Region 2, a Thursday night matchup. 0 and 6 Charles Henderson will be at 2 and 5 Rehoboth. 3 and 3 Crestview will be at 5 and 2 Andalusia. 2 and 5 Headland will be at 7 and 0 Pike Road. And 3 and 3 Carroll will be at 6 and 1 Greenville. In 4A Region 2, 2 and 4 Booker T. Washington will be at Strawn, who is 4 and 3 on the year. 5 and 2 Geneva will be at 4 and 2 Alabama Christian. 0 and 6 Ashford will be at 0 and 5 Bullock County. So somebody's getting their first win of the season in that game. 5 and 1 St. James will be at Dale County, who is 4 and 3 on the year. This may be the game of the week. 6 and 1 Wicksburg at 6 and 1 Op. 0 and 6 Northside Methodist will be at 4 and 3 New Brockton. 4 and 2 Houston Academy will be at 1 and 5 Providence Christian. 3 and 3 Slocum will be at 0 and 7 Delville. In 2A Region 2, 3 and 3 Geneva County will be at 4 and 3 Houston County. 7 and 0 Ayrton will be at 0 and 6 Zion Chapel. 1 and 4 Abbeville will be at 6 and 1 Elba. And 4 and 3 Cottonwood will be at 4 and 1 GW Long. And then finally in 1A Region 1, 5 and 2 Kinston will be at 3 and 4 McKenzie. 2 and 3 Red Level will be at 5 and 2 Sampson. 2 and 4 Florala will be at 1 and 6 Pleasant Home. And then 0 and 6 Georgiana will be at 5 and 0 Brantley. And that is your schedule for week seven here in the Wiregrass season. is just flying on by. It feels like yesterday we were doing week zero and Dothan was playing Bob Jones. And now we're, we're over halfway through the season. And I appreciate you guys checking out the podcast. And a little bit different. Didn't have a coach interview in here this week. Plan on having another one on next week's episode. Remember, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts. So please follow, rate, and review. And if you leave a review, I will read it on a future edition of the show. And, of course, you can also listen to the show over on 955.tvy.com, 969thelegend.com, and 1067kmx.com as well. And also check out those stations' apps as well. Podcasts are easy to find on there also. And please check us out this Friday night as Dothan will play Jeff Davis at home again at Ripley. If you can't make it to the stadium, please check us out on 969 the legend and you can follow me on social media at p jordan sec and you can always email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com everybody has a fantastic week and i'll talk to you guys next week bye-bye